We are so grateful to have uh, Adam Beecher, our uh, next uh, church planter, with us. And he's here to give that presentation. Let's give him a round of applause as he comes, all right? Adam Beecher. Good evening, Sailorville. I've been waiting to talk to you for a long time. I told Pat, I think in August or September, I feel led to plant a church in Ankeny. I know you have people in Ankeny. When can I present? And he said, we'll see you in January. So it's January now, so I get to, uh, I get to present here. Um, so how we're going to do this is, I, I want to, there's, there's probably a two-hour version of this. I'm going to give you the 20 to 25-minute version of this. So it's going to be a flyover, um, but, I, but the way I want to do this is basically tell the story of how God led. Uh, God led me. I, I basically spent the summer of 2018 trying to pray and read and, and search uh, for God's will. And I want to tell that story of how God led me uh, to Ankeny. And then we'll, we'll end uh, with just some of the things, some of the ways in which you can get involved, some of the ways you can pray for us or maybe even potentially consider going on the plant yourself. Um, so the way God led me, I guess, as he often does, is um, I was confronted with some objective things, some facts uh, that, that I needed to research for myself that I, that I didn't know or I didn't know the extent of them. And then there's some subjective things. This is, this is more the, the emotional, the feelings, the him working on my heart. So uh, I'm going to tell you how, how God led uh, in, both of those, in both of those areas. So the uh, plant will be in... Ankeny, big news, that's the big announcement. This was, this was news when I made this PowerPoint. So it's in Ankeny, that's a picture of it if you don't, if you don't know it. Um, so, but the interesting thing about this is, in my, at my first pass at this, before the summer, before I really started to consider where God would lead me, I had, I had a couple of ideas. And I'll, I'll give you kind of those uh, initial candidates. Um, so they're kind of peppered throughout the metro. As far out as you'd go would be Perry. <clears throat> I won't go down the whole list, but... Perry, East Des Moines, Granger, Waukee. I felt like dry, I, I drove through all these towns. I prayed over all these towns, and I did my, my demographic work looking at what are the churches there and that sort of thing. Most of them, I actually came away thinking they, uh, most of the towns on this list, they, they do need a church. They're only going to let me plant one. Um, but, but, but most of them, uh, they, they do need a church. But I, I, I say this not to make a good story, but honestly, in May, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking of all these towns, and I was telling people, I'm planting anywhere but Ankeny. I'm not going to plant in Ankeny. And uh, here's, the, here's the reason why. Um, so my initial assessment of, of all those other towns, and I would say primarily the top two on that list, Perry and East Des Moines, that was kind of the demographic I was looking, uh, looking for. I was going to be a, another Josh Daggett, basically, go into a little bit harder or maybe more diverse area, plant a church, be a light in, in that town. Um, but there were, there were other towns that I looked at, but, but those were the two leading candidates. So in those towns, I thought the city, the city needed help. It'd be great for a church that was alive and energetic to come in and be a light. Whereas Ankeny, the city is pretty rich. No one's really going to know if you go into Ankeny. Ankeny's got a boatload of stuff already, right? Um, it seemed like less of an opportunity to be a light. Um, in the other towns, the churches are vacant. It seemed like lots of old and dying churches. So I was excited about the idea of coming in and revitalizing, uh, preaching the gospel anew to, to people. Whereas the, in Ankeny, I thought the churches are pretty saturated. There's actually quite a few churches, and there's some good churches in Ankeny too. Um, and then finally, uh, the people. Um, the people in the other towns, they need the gospel. Now, I know theologically, 
Everybody outside of Christ needs the gospel. But I really felt compelled to bring the gospel to those places. Um, the, the people in Ankeny, I don't know, they're very comfortable, right? I didn't know if I would want to plant a church where I'm trying to convince people that they, that they need Christ, that, that they're actually not self-dependent, that they're totally dependent upon God and his grace. Um, so that was, that was my initial assessment. And actually, this is a little bit of the caricature I had. The man on the right is Ankeny, and the man on the left is like Perry or East Des Moines. And to be honest, I, I wanted to spend the bulk of my you know, ministry years ministering to, to the guy on the left rather than the guy on the right. And that, that, was, that was where my heart, heart was um, before, I, before I really did some of the hard work of uh, figuring out where I wanted to plant the church. Um, but a friend of mine, <clears throat> excuse me, a friend of mine challenged me and said, that's a pretty big decision to make just on your assumption about a demographic. Um, so I decided, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll open that possibility too. Let me, let me look into Ankeny, um, and we'll see what the Lord does with that. So I looked at the city and the churches and the people. That's, that's the format for tonight. So these are the numbers. This is the objective stuff. This is the cold hard facts. These are available to anybody who wants them. Uh, the, the cold hard facts about Ankeny. And many of you know these numbers or know roughly the idea of them, but it'd be good to look, look at them afresh here. So the first number is 62,416 current Ankeny population. Population. I made this slide maybe a couple months ago, so I'm sure it's maybe a little bit uh, more than that. But, but 62,000 people live in Ankeny. 129,507 is the projected 2040 population in Ankeny. Now, how did they get that? So in, in the first place, who the heck knows how many people will be in Ankeny in 2040, right? But, but, but what they did was, um, this, is, this is, comes from the city, um, they, 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 they calculated it in all sorts of ways. You can calculate it in an aggressive growth rate or in a conservative one, in a constant growth rate, or you can say, well, it's probably going to um, teeter off at, at some point in the next five years or whatever. So they did, I think they did uh, 12, 13 different calculations. You can see them all on the, on the page there. 163 would be the super highest possible right? Um, but, but the average, the middle, was 129,000. And even the lowest, the lowest projection, the most conservative projection possible is 92,000 um, down at the bottom there. The people who did, this, who did this study felt pretty comfortable saying the low would be about 108, the medium 118, and the high 130. So even, even, if, even if the economy tanks and, and, and Ankeny doesn't grow near as fast as we think, 30,000 people might be coming to Ankeny by the, by the time I'm, I'm Pat's age, basically, which is a young, vibrant pastor, right? But, right? So that's, that's, the, that's the bulk of my ministry career, right? Like, right in that, in that little window, it could be 30,000 people coming. It could be 60,000 people coming to Ankeny. How many good churches do you need uh, in a town of 60,000? How many good churches do you need if a town of 60,000 doubles? So that, that, that statistic uh, was interesting to me. The next number, four, uh, fourth fastest growing city in the United States. And I have a, a headline from the Des Moines Register. You probably all saw that article or heard about it. It's not nothing that we live next to one of the fastest growing cities in the United States, population 50,000 plus. Next number, seven. Seven people move to Ankeny every day. Every day, a family and a half moves to Ankeny. I wonder how many of them know Jesus, and are, and are uh, enjoying great fellowship with other believers. I wonder how many families that's true of uh, that moved to Ankeny. Uh, this is just a, a land usage map, and again, this is a projection, but the, uh, the colorful yellow and purple middle part is what Ankeny is currently, the, 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 the city limits of Ankeny currently, and then this red uh, outline right here is what they project the size of the city to be 
in 2040. So that, that big city, Ankeny, that takes you 10, 15 minutes to get from one corner to the other, it's going to double in size in, in, in 30 years. That's how big that city is going to be. And it's right over there. It's right, it's, it's right next to us. Uh, next number, 11,547. That's the current K-12 public school enrollment in Ankeny. I, I'm a pastor in Polk City. And we have approximately 6,000 people in Polk City. We don't feel like we've gotten to the bottom of Polk City yet. We feel like there's a lot of gospel work to do. That's two Polk Cities in your public school enrollment. It doesn't count the, the, the preschools and the private schools. And then 400 plus uh, is the yearly enrollment increase over the last five years in those school districts. So here's a chart for that. So starting back in, I mean... 2010, 2011, around there, every year Ankeny has gotten 400 or more students in the public school. 400. That's a North Polk High School. Every year you guys get another North Polk High School. So uh, my initial assessment, which, uh, which was the city is rich, uh, certainly that's true. There's money in Ankeny, right? Uh, but I, I think a better way to say it is this city is ripe. It's, I'm, I'm not the first guy to discover that Ankeny's growing rapidly, right? Um, but when you look at those numbers through a spiritual lens, it's powerful. 60,000 people, how many of them know Christ? 60,000 people c- coming in addition to that. Um, so that weighed on me. And, and I've said it before, but it's right next door. That, that big, growing, burgeoning thing is, is right next door. Um, so uh, those, those numbers are helpful if you want to open a Jimmy John's in, in, in Ankeny. What about us as churches, right? Like we care about, we don't care about uh, selling sandwiches. We care about souls. That's 60,000 souls, 120,000 souls. Um, so this, is, this was kind of the first uh, bit of information where God started to burden me. Uh, with, with uh, the facts that I was finding. Second uh, p- piece, though, is the churches. The churches are saturated was my first pass, uh, that my first uh, initial impression. And uh, at the time that I made this, as best I could count, within the, the city limits of Ankeny, there are 38 churches. But I swear, twice, two, three times a month, somebody comes up to me and says, hey, did you hear so-and-so is coming into Ankeny? So-and-so. I mean, there's a lot of churches in Ankeny is the idea. Um, so that's, I would say that's a, that's a, 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 a high number, but I, I want you to pay attention to the next two numbers. These are the more important ones. So you take that 38 approximately, and you put them through two filters, two filters that matter, I would argue. Uh, number, the, the first filter I put them through is how many are doctrinally similar to engaged churches? Believe roughly the same thing that we do, and I would feel confident that if somebody went to their church on a Sunday, they would probably hear the gospel. Um, so as best I could determine, there are approximately 10 churches that fit that description. Now, don't, this isn't, this isn't gospel, this isn't written in stone. This is as best I could do. And we could quibble over, well, I think that church belongs in this column or that column, but, but I, I divide it into three columns, Den- denominational, so just uh, Methodist, Lutheran, whatever, Catholic, uh, and then the middle one is charismatic or other or kind of a fr- more of a fringe doctrine, and then evangelical is on the right. Uh, so so you, you're probably familiar with some of those churches, but I, as, best I could, as best I could determine, I'd feel comfortable that those churches are preaching the gospel. So that's a lot less. That's a, that makes me feel less uh, secure about how well the gospel is doing in Ankeny. But the third filter I passed it through and this is, this, is, this is also not scientific, and it's even a little bit unspiritual. I said, well, okay, which ones of those are growing? Not, not, not spiritually growing, but just they, they appear to be reaching their community. Maybe they're growing in number. Maybe they're building a building. Again, it's not a spiritual thing, but, but it's, uh, it's, it's an important thing. And I would say approximately two or three. And I won't tell you which ones I think they are, but take your pick, right? So 
two or three churches that, that, that I would say preach the gospel and are evangelical are, are growing and, and appear to be reaching the town of Ankeny. town of 60,000 people, if I had a friend moving into Ankeny, I would feel comfortable sending him to two or three churches. That amazed me, and that totally was the opposite of what I thought going into this. Uh, so I called some of those churches where the pastors were, I thought we were doctrinally aligned, and here are some quotes from those pastors. Ankeny is saturated with churches, but it's not saturated with the gospel. I thought that was a good way to put it. And then another pastor said, to say we don't need more churches would be foolish. So I call these pastors, basically, I'm a little bit sheepish, right? I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about planting right in your backyard. And, and they were, all, all the pastors that I talked to were like, oh yeah, you should do that. You really should do that. It wasn't territorial. It's like, yeah, there's a boatload of people. We would never intersect. We would never overlap. The work that needs to be done here is so great. You should definitely come to Ankeny. Uh, that was a surprise to me, and that really, um, that's, that's, that, that's an objective thing, but, it's, but the Lord started to work on my heart. But finally, uh, oh yeah, so, so my conclusion, the, the churches in Ankeny, initially I thought they were saturated. I think that's totally wrong. I think the churches in Ankeny are short-staffed. I don't think there's near enough good churches and near enough people doing gospel work in Ankeny for the size and the growth at all. Uh, and then finally, the people. And this is where I get into the more subjective things. Okay, so all those things might be true, but maybe I don't want to be their pastor anyways. <laughs> maybe I just don't, maybe, maybe God's not feel, leading me in that way. Maybe I don't feel like it. That doesn't sound too spiritual, right? But, but, but God needed to do a work in my heart because I was a no on Ankeny. I was a, I was a hardcore no. And for whatever reason, actually, I think I know the reason, during this time, I was reading Jonah and 1 Timothy in my devotions during this, this time where I'm really processing, really, really trying to think and pray through this. And I read this in Jonah. This is at the end of the story, as you know. And Jonah, God has forgiven the Ninevites. Jonah is outside the city and he's pouting. And God is making an appeal to him. And he says this, Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? God is pleading with Jonah, because he, he, he's sad, because a whole city was forgiven. He's saying, don't you have a heart for those people? Don't you want them to follow me? And when God makes his appeal, he's appealing to the size of the city. He's saying, look at all those people. Don't you have a heart for them? It, it's, it's an interesting fact to me that the number of people in Nineveh is the exact same number that they project Ankeny to grow. We'll, we'll chalk it up to coincidence, right? But I'm reading, I'm reading that I'm reading that passage, and I'm like, I'm, I'm Jonah. I'm sitting right outside the city, and I don't care. And I don't have a heart for them. And all these people are there. And they don't know their right hand from their left, figuratively speaking, right? Um, and so I, I told you I was also reading in 1 first, in first Timothy at the time. So, so God gave me a heart for those people. And then in this verse, in this particular passage, he also gave me a vision for the kind of church I could lead in Ankeny, the kind of church that needs to be in Ankeny. Uh, so let me read this to you. Uh, uh, Paul's telling Timothy this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So my initial, my initial um, feeling about it was basically, um, I don't have any empathy for those people. They're, they're comfortable and rich. I'd rather go help the poor people. But it turns out that wasn't 
That wasn't a right view. That wasn't God's view. What does God tell Timothy to do with people who are well-to-do? He says, command them to be generous. Lead them in the right way. Their sin is not more despicable than the other sin. As, as their pastor, lead them in the right way. Command them to be rich. Lead a generous church. And as it turns out, my stereotype isn't 100% true anyways. Certainly you can find wealthy, comfortable people in Ankeny, but it's a big enough town where it's dynamic. And there's a lot of different types in Ankeny. And as it happens, they all need the gospel. So uh, this, this, I was grateful for this passage in this time because he was giving me not only, not only where, but the type of church that I could lead. To be honest, I'm not sure how well I would do in a Perry or an East, uh, an East Des Moines. I'd certainly, if God said that, I'd say, all right, I'll do it. I'll, I'll ban whatever. But this kind of church, I've been ministering in Polk City for, for eight years. I know how to lead this kind of church. I know how to pastor this kind of church, given my context and given uh, my convictions and given what I've seen and, and even the things that I myself struggle with as a person living in comfortable suburban Iowa. I know, I know how they speak. I know how they think. And I know how they need to grow in Christ. Um, so I was very grateful for that, uh, for this passage. So uh, to, to put a button on it, the church, the, the people in Ankeny need nothing. Of course, that's not true. They need Christ just like everybody else. It's just that I didn't feel convicted about it until that time. I didn't feel convicted about it until the word of God showed me you need to have a heart for these people. And not only that, you need to lead them in the right way. So uh, what kind of church ought this to be then? Um, this is my first pass at this. Um, it's probably developed a little bit in the last couple of months, but, but, but given, given the, the passages that I just shared, um, this is, you know, churches are churches everywhere, right? We do baptisms, we have communion, uh, we share the gospel. That's true of any church everywhere, no matter what. Uh, but what would a church in Ankeny look like? What should it look like? And this is, this is, my, this is what's my thinking uh, coming out of that time. Number one, it has to be an evangelistic community. Um, by that I mean it's such a big place that it's the job of everybody who goes to that church to be the evangelist. It can't be a program or a thing that the pastors do. You, you, you witness to people by interacting with the people that you, that you have in your life, the people that you sit next to in soccer games, the people that, that know your kids or that are your neighbors or whatever. That's, how, that's what this church has to be. The evangelism has to come from the entire body because it's a big place. Uh, the second thing is it has to be a gener generous with giving and serving, just like the passage says. We've been given a lot here in central Iowa. We're, we're pretty comfortable. We have a lot um, that, we, that we have to offer, that, a lot that we can share with others. So we have to be burdened by that. It, it, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Uh, but anything is possible through Christ. However, how many times in the, in the New Testament are rich people warned, be careful, be careful. This is, it's easy to put your trust in this, right? So, so the church in Ankeny needs to, to lead a group of people to be generous, to be, to be, willing, to let go of, to be willing to let go of things that, that to the culture might seem strange or odd. Uh, third, it, it, it needs to be a missions and church planning church. So I think churches sometimes are just, uh, some, uh, the character of a church is, is partially a byproduct of who the pastor is, right? It's just their personality. So this church, you're pretty evangelistic and you rely heavily on the word of God. Why do you think that is, right? It's Pastor Pat. He leads that way. Uh, I, I, would, I would amen to both of those things. It happens also that I'm a, I'm a big missions guy. I do missions at Lakeside. I bleed missions. I think uh, the Great Commission is for each and every one of us. Um, and and at the, it's the, one of the church's primary tasks is to spread the gospel in places where people don't look like us and they don't talk 
talk like us, and they don't think like us. Um, so that, that's just me who I am, but it's not just my hobby horse, so it's going to be my church, so we're going to do the things that I'm interested in. I actually think that this is a great way to pastor and administer to people in Ankeny. If, if the stereotype is at least partially true, and the temptation that we fight often is that we're comfortable and we're very inward-looking, what better way to minister to that congregation than to take them out? right? Take them out and take them to see places where people don't have what we have and where they need the gospel. Take them to see people who are doing good gospel work in a much harder place. That's a great way to minister to those people. So the church in Ankeny needs to, needs to be a, a missions church. It also needs to be a church planning church. Ankeny has a lot of resources, not just money, people. There are people who are educated and who have talents there. We need to be where pastors come from and where elders who go on church plants come from. The, the, the human resources are there. We just need to be burdened to plant churches. I'm grateful that Sailorville planted Lakeside 13 years ago. And I'm grateful that Pastor Dave has decided Sailorville's not the only church that needs to plant churches. We can plant one too. I want to do the exact same thing in Ankeny. And if we have, if we have the human resources and, and the financial resources, what would stop us from planting churches? Uh, the, uh, oh, I don't think I, I it's, it's back a couple slides. The, all, those, all those places that I went to, those blue dots uh, on, on my, on my uh, exploration for where I should plant the church, they still need churches, by the way. Most of them do. Most of them still need churches. Who's going to plant those? I'd like, for, I'd like for the church in Ankeny to be um, just, just a hub for, for, for pastors and lay elders and people who are going to sacrifice and move and plant churches to come out of. And then finally, uh, next step discipleship, that kind of feeds into what I, what I just said. Uh, we need to be burdened to raise, raise those men and women up. We need to be the kind of church that is, that is evangelizing and witnessing in the, to the community. And, but when they come, when they come on Sundays, what's the draw? What's going to keep them in our church? It's nothing fancy. It's, nothing, it's not a great show. It's, it's certainly not me or how I dress or look, <laughs> right? It's going to be that the, that the church in Ankeny needs to be a place where people can grow in Christ, where we are living in community and people can grow in Christ. So uh, uh, leading the lost to the faith and the faithful to the lost, that's just kind of a quick pass at that. Um, I'll, have, I'll have people help me uh, fine-tune that saying, but that's the idea. We want to we lead the lost to faith in Ankeny and then in turn uh, give them a heart, give them a burden for people who are lost as well. Okay, you may have two objections to, uh, what, to what I've just presented. Uh, the first objection, Ankeny doesn't need another church. Hopefully, I've spent the majority of this presentation refuting that. You may disagree, but, uh, but I, I, I believe very strongly Ankeny doesn't just need our church. Ankeny needs more churches, but ours will be a start anyways, right? And then the second objection might be, but that church doesn't need me. Um, so this will be a little bit of a different church plan. I feel like it's going to be a little bit bigger to start with. Um, it's not going to be uh, that ragtag, you know, a couple of families going into a community. Um, so I, I, have been, I have been hearing from people, oh, well, it's such a big place and it's such, it's such a big ministry, then you, surely you won't need me. Um, and I actually think that's, I, I think the, in the exact opposite way. The work is so big in Ankeny. There's so much to be done. Um, and again, I don't want to run the kind of church where we have 10 professionals on staff and they're great and they do everything. I don't think that's what a church should be. I don't think many of you do either. I want, I want the kind of church where people are pouring into people. People are witnessing to other people. People are the church, right? And Christ is the head. Um, so, so how many growth group leaders do I need in, in, in Ankeny? 
well, it'd be lots, lots of, of people who are willing to love and, and, and people who are willing to open up their homes and host. Um, how, many, how many solid uh, evangelists, how many people willing to share the gospel will I, will I, do I desire to have in the church in Ankeny? A ton, because the work is so big. Um, so again, I, I don't... I, whether or not you go on the church, we'll probably talk about that a little bit in the Q&A time and, and, and what you should be thinking through as you do that. But I would ask you, don't think like, oh, well, there's, there's, they've already got a couple families going there. It's not for me. That's certainly not the case. The work is big. The work is huge. So, so, so go where God is, is leading you and where God is calling you. Um, so I'll, I'll close with this, certainly a, a familiar passage to everyone here. Matthew 9 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. How beautiful that verse is and how many thousands of different contexts that verse has gotten used to motivate people to go take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Isn't that awesome to be a part of this uh, Christian tradition where so many men and women have read that and said, I'm in, I'm going to do it. So that that verse is true in so many times in so many places. Um, But to me, uh, it feels like in Ankeny, uh, the harvest is really plentiful. It's especially plentiful. It's obscenely plentiful. And the workers are really few. They're really, really few. I didn't think so at first, at first glance. I didn't think so at first pass. But as God worked on my heart, um, he convicted me. This is a place I need, to, I need to just throw myself into. I need to be a part of this work. I need to lead it in whatever way I can. I need to serve in whatever way I can. And it, it, it's, it's right over there. I've been living next to it for 10 years, right? It, it, was, it was only until I thought about it and prayed about it and it sought God's counsel in his word that I was convicted about it. So now uh, that's, that's basically the story of, of how God changed my heart totally. And he, and he totally changed it 180 degrees. Um, now I'm, I'm all in. I sold my house and bought another house this week. We're moving in February. There's a lot of people here. So if you'll help, February 9, you guys can help me pack. You can carry a box, right? But I, I, I'm all in. I'm, 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 coming, I'm coming to Ankeny. We've got, a, we've got several people at Lakeside that are, that are all in themselves. They've, they've committed. They're saying, they're saying we're in. Um, so, so tonight, um, I'm going to be asking you uh, to consider what's your, what's your piece in this? What is, what is, your, what is your part? Um, I can get into the involvement levels here, or we could save that to, for the Q&A, Pat, whatever, whatever you want to do. Okay, so uh, you received, uh, so, so that's the story about God changed my heart. This is where you enter the story. You received uh, a, a handout here that's basically talking about, about um, what would be a next step for you if you're considering this. Um, the, the, the first thing I would ask is, um, geography uh, is important, but it's not everything, right? So if you live in North Ankeny, I think that means that you need to pray about it. But, I, but what I wouldn't want you to do is say, well, we live in North Ankeny. We should just go to the North Ankeny Church. This is a spiritual decision. It requires prayer and thinking and, and God's leading. So uh, I would ask that I would I ask and trust that you would each do that. Um, but here, here, here are the, the different involvement levels. Um, 
And this is basically, this is a temporary thing until uh, the church gets up and running and we've got members and elders and deacons like, like, like many churches. This is basically the scaffold we're going to erect so we can build a more permanent structure. But uh, for the spring and the summer, uh, we, need, we need a couple of, of different types of people. Um, the, 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 the difference between these two groups is very little, actually. We're asking both groups to do the exact same thing. We're asking both groups to plant the church. Uh, planters and core group uh, people, uh, but the, but I, I've made a distinction. So a planter is somebody who uh, who is all in, who wants to go and who wants to commit to a couple different things, and I'll outline outline those in a bit. Um, a core group person is somebody. So basically, I need a I, the, the the planter group might be larger. I need a smaller, more manageable size group to to make decisions. So like for instance, if we if we need to decide what time do services start, I would rather have that conversation in a living room than in a lecture hall. Um, so, so, so the core group is this designation we're giving. It's, a, it's kind of a temporary leadership group uh, that's going to help make some of those decisions in the beginning. Um, but but, what, but um, the disadvantage I have in coming to Sailorville is I know next to none of you. Um, so you may be rock star serves everywhere here at Sailorville. You may be brand new in the last couple of weeks. I don't know. So we've got a process here where, where, where I can get to know you better. I can, we can have conferences and, 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 and talk with you and that sort of thing. Um, but Primarily, I'm going to be leaning on the Sailorville staff to help me because they do know you and they're your shepherds. Um, so I'm going to be leaning on your staff to help me um, figure out uh, who can help where, who's gifted and what. And I'll be asking you for that as well. Um, so, so basically what I'm asking for you tonight is to, for you to consider being a planter at this church. And there may be a couple of you that, that if, the staff, if the staff feels strongly and if we have good, a good conversation, we would ask to be in that small group that, that meets a little more frequently in the spring um, and, and, and make some of those decisions early on. Okay, so uh, what, are, what are the commitments to being a planter? Uh, we, we would ask that you would commit, to, you commit your time, talent, and treasures. So time is that you would attend the church. Hopefully this is the church you go to on Sundays. That might be assumed, but I thought I'd put it up there. Uh, so we had asked that you would attend this church on Sundays. Uh, we'd ask that you commit to outreach. That's primarily going to be um, surveying the community, knocking on doors. Pastor Chuck's going to be heading that charge, obviously. Um, and then the, the, the next time commitment is meetings. Planters will also have meetings. The difference is Corger's probably going to meet about once a week starting at the end of February. Planters will meet once a month. But planners are still going to be meeting about uh, the small things like the name of the church and big things like the discussions about what kind of church should we be. I've just laid out a couple things, missions, evangelistic community. I want that conversation to be happening with the whole group, with everybody that's going to be planting the church. Um, talent, we would ask that you would commit some sort of service. I don't know what that is. And this is where I would ask everyone to just take a, a little bit of a humble pill. Maybe, maybe you teach and you do something high level here. I might need you to set up chairs in the new church. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the needs are, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm asking for a group of people who are willing to do whatever. So whatever kind of service we need, um, committing to that. And then treasure, uh, we would ask that you would be giving faithfully. That, you, that If you're not tithing currently at this church, that you'd be working towards that. So if you notice, I'm going to go to the next slide. The difference between the planner commitments and the core group commitments are just two things. In the core group, so I'll go back and forth so you can kind of see. In the core group, I'm, only, I'm asking for a year-long commitment. I'm not doing that for the planners. And then in the core, uh, to be a part of the core group, uh, we would ask that you would tithe from day one, that you would not be working uh, up towards a tithe. Um, the requirements are... Uh, we, we would ask, if, you, if you're considering being a planner, we would ask that you would have a testimony of salvation, that you'd have a believer's baptism, and that you would be a, a member in an engaged church. Now, there might be an asterisk on, on, on one of those, maybe like if you, um, 
an example might be, I've got a couple friends who aren't a member in an engaged church, but I've got a spiritual relationship with them. I know them. Um, your circumstances might be unique, so, so I would certainly like to hear that and have that dialogue. But these are the things primarily that we're asking people to, uh, people to be um, and to have. And then here's the process. Uh, pray for God's leading. Uh, as I said, this is a spiritual decision. Um, and then next, uh, you can see on your, on your, um, on your handout, Sailor, on the Sailorville website, there's a little icon that says Ankeny. If you click on that icon, it'll take you to an online form. You can fill out that form uh, and, then, uh, and then schedule a conference time. Um, that, that's, that's at the end of the form. The conference is basically an hour, hour, 15 time slot where myself, Pastor Chuck, and Pastor Nathan will meet with you and we'll, we'll hear your testimony, talk about, talk about the plant, and talk about how God's led. So that's the process. And then we, now we have time for a Q&A, I believe. Okay, we'll put the text up here. Thanks, Adam. Tremendous presentation, amen? <laughs> Tremendous, very good. And um, great work. Way to get it done in 25 minutes, too. Yeah, that's I went a little over Amazing, that's fine, that's <laughs> fine. Um, so, uh, and you also just mentioned in passing, you bought a house in Ankeny, which is, you know, again, we, that's part of our philosophy, that those who are in, at the core of this get to the area where we're at. And, uh, and actually, uh, Preston and Nicole, who we just said goodbye to a couple weeks ago, bought your house, right? Bought our house, yeah. Way to go. Good job. Yep. Good job. Uh, you have these things listed here. So, um, so, uh, so what happens if somebody comes, they fill out your online, uh, online form, but they're not a member of an engaged uh, uh, church, and uh, does that automatically disqualify them? Now, that's why there might be an asterisk with it. So we, we set up this, this structure at Lakeside, and then all the people that, uh, that signed up and applied broke our structure. Mm -hmm. So we've retooled it. And so, so I put those guidelines up as parameters. Basically, if you're, if you're not a believer, if you're, if you're brand new to this church, very likely um, you wouldn't be somebody we would call planter. Now, our services start June 2nd. If you feel led to go to the church, anybody's welcome to go to the church, but a planner is a, is a, is a ministry. It's a level of commitment. So I try to be um, flexible with the, the requirements, but just put them out in front of people so they know. Now, just a little, you said that services start June 2nd, but in our conversations, we've heard uh, the term a soft start. Can you explain what that's all about and, and the whole coming together of Lakeside, Sailorville, and the extras that will be coming? Yes. So that's, the timeline is in February, we're going to have our conferences with, with Sailorville people. So by the end of February, hopefully we have our group of planners identified. We're going to start meeting February 24, be the first meeting. The first public service where you can invite your friends um, and hopefully we'll have a place to worship in at that point will be uh, June 2nd. But we won't, at that point, we won't have any um, classic uh, you know, ministries that you would expect like a children's ministry or youth group. So that by soft start, it's, it's basically we'll have a Sunday worship service and we'll probably have a nursery and likely that's it. Um, in the fall, hopefully we will have some more structure to some of those things and it will look more like a, a church with a children's ministry and a youth group and, and that sort of thing. You just mentioned it. You said, hopefully we'll have a place. One of the first questions that come in is, what about a physical location? Has one been chosen? If not, how will the church be done early on? Yep. So um, every other church uh, in the Engage Network has started in a, in a school, rented a school, and grown from there. Very likely, that's going to have to be the path for us as well. I shouldn't even say have to be. That's, the, that's been a success for a lot of churches in the network. But we are looking. We're, 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 we're exhausting all possibilities. Even if you have a, a school space, we might want a rental space where uh, the youth group can, you know, the, the rental space, uh, the school space takes care of you for uh, half a day, Sunday mornings, but during the other six and a half days of the week, uh, we would like to have a, a place. So I'm trying 
trying to lead in such a way where we're not where there's not a new location for the church every couple of years. I think that's bad for the church. Um, so we're looking at, at all possibilities and all options, but we're doing that. We don't have, we don't have money to buy a space. We don't know, even know what the beginning group looks like. So, so very likely we're going we're gonna to start, much like the other churches, start in a school, be looking for a permanent home the other six and a half days of the week. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if God could certainly drop a 20,000 square foot building in our lap. He's done, <laughs> he's done more amazing things. So, um, so yeah, you can be praying about that. Adam, you're from Lakeside Fellowship. You've been there for several years, really. You've kind of, you've been discipled there. You've grown there. You've sensed the call to the ministry while at Lakeside. And uh, you've also endeared yourself vice and vice versa to a lot of people. How many from Lakeside are actually going with you that you know of right now? Yep, so I asked for hard commitments this, this week. I'm waiting on one or two more emails on that, but approximately 13 couples uh, from Lakeside, and then Nathan and myself would make 15. So if you added kids, um, I heard you say last week, you know, 70, 80 people are going, but one of those 70, I changed her diaper before I came here. So it's, <laughs> they're not like, you know, Christian soldiers ready to march, right? It's, it's babies in there. But uh, so probably, probably about 30 adults um, from Lakeside um, have, have committed to going. Future soldiers. Future soldiers, hopefully, yeah. We got a ways to go with her, but. Uh, somebody, <laughs> yeah. Amongst all those options, schools and uh, open facilities and whatnot that we're looking into, somebody's actually ha has asked the question, why not approach one of the dying churches? Or are there such a thing? Uh, are there churches that are on such a trajectory downward that they're, you, you would re refer to them as dying in the in Anki that you could approach to be able to take mm -hmm. over is that part of your that's a, that's a question yeah so that's this is an idea i've had that i've never articulated it so mm -hmm. what better time than to share it with all of you <laughs> so so um <laughs> so I, I did think though i did think part of a pastor's job coming into a place is to he should know it better than most because he's preaching in that context right and i want to know i want to know who else is doing gospel work in ankeny i did my survey i did my looking up doctrinal statements online and i called a couple pastors but one of the things i'm excited about when i'm actually in ankeny doing the work is 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 doing some of that work which is where what are the churches in town um, that are that are doctrinally uh, misaligned with us. Maybe I could strike up a friendship with those pastors. That's a big work because there's lots of churches in Ankeny. But Lakeside, um, you know, through God's work, uh, had an e-free church that 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 they merged with, um, and it was a little bit of a process, but it wasn't super as difficult as you think. When I mean, most right. churches are splitting up, those two churches merged, and, and it, we've been totally blessed by having them join us. So um, that's, that's a work I, I hope to do as a pastor, kind of when I, when I hit the ground running. But I, I don't know, I, to be honest, I don't know enough about the church context to, to answer that question well. And this question, I'm not sure you've really thought of e either, but it's really just talking about those demographics that you referred to with the explosion of the population in Ankeny, and much of them being very young. This question has to do with the children's ministry or youth ministry. Have you contemplated this as a means by which you could reach the community? Yep. So early on, uh, Nathan, myself, and Chuck, uh, we, we, we kind of wanted to because we knew that question would come up a lot, a lot of parents and stuff. What are, what are the ministries that we, that we would call our, our day one ministries? And by day one, I mean in the fall, not, not in June, right? But what are the things that we just know based on the scripture and what God wants and also from, practical, from a pragmatic standpoint, what do we need? And that, the two, two of those would be a children's ministry and a, and a youth group. Um, so the, the biblical principle is, is obvious. Christ talked a bunch about kids, and we're supposed to, to raise them up and to teach them what it is 
to be a Christian. So, but then there's also the practical, which is we're probably bringing a boatload of kids with us uh, in this church, and we and and we need to we need to have something for them, not just not just send them to the nursery or whatever. So, so uh, children's ministry and youth group, we're pretty committed. We're, we're ho- I'm hoping God raises up. Um, men and women to lead those ministries. I don't know who leads the youth group. I don't know who leads the children's. That's something I've been praying about, but they'd be two. The other, the other ones are um, uh, growth groups. Um, starting point, which is, you, you have an equivalent here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they call it here, but some, some sort of like entry-level evangelistic mm-hmm. class uh, that you have for, for people that, that are new, and then uh, missions, as I talked about earlier. So. so in other words, it's well, you want people to be able to set up chairs and clean up and break down. You do need these positional places as well, and people to work in youth and, yes. and missions. And yeah, whatnot. that was just a blanket state. I'm yeah. sure some of you are serving at a high level here, and I just don't know you yet. Mm-hmm. So if I ask you to, if you, if I ask you to set up chairs, I just don't want you to say, oh, well, I never. How dare you ask me? Don't you know who I am? Yeah. I don't know who you are. So, uh, I, but, but, but I also want to lead in this too, right? I, I, and from what I've heard from the other church planners, one of the cool things about a church plan is everyone's setting up chairs, right? Everyone is doing that stuff because it's what you have to do to, to, to yeah. get the church going. So I, it's not, to me, that's not like mindless whatever. That's, is a part, that's how you can serve God, so. Now, here's a bit of a, a little more tricky one, but we've talked about this before. The question that comes in, how do you define North Ankeny versus Ankeny? <laughs> I didn't ask that question. Somebody okay. else did. <laughs> do you want to answer that, Pat? Uh, so. <laughs> I'll just talk about the red line that I put out there, okay? Uh, so we, we're meeting at our you know, initial staff meetings or whatever, and Sarah Moulton sees us, and she texts Pat, and she says, hey, did you know that they're, they're meeting at the Starbucks? And Pat texts back, what are they doing south of 18th Street? <laughs> I was like, oh, 18th Street, huh? Maybe it is a small church plant. I don't know. Um, it's that one neighborhood up in the top corner. We um, saw all that area that's going to grow. Yeah, yeah. Just... It's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Um, so... I, I haven't done a lot of work in terms of defining. There's not a person in South Ankeny I would turn away. Do yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, but, but the idea is, 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 I think it's wise, given the projected growth, and given that, a lot of, that some of those good churches that I talked about are on the southern part, if, if, if first is the, sure. is the boundary, right? Um, there's a lot of good churches south of it. I can't name as many north, right? So it seemed wise to, to, to be leaning that way. And, and as we're looking for facilities right off right. the bat, they're north. Right. Um, but I, I'm, it's, not, it's not hard and fast. It's just it's the way God's led um, so far. Right. So. Sort of a position thing. I, I, I agree with you. If you, uh, the, the trajectory is going north, the solid churches that are growing are in the south, and it just makes sense if we can, if God will have it, and if he'll allow us to be able to have a place on the north side. So The downside is... If you want to go on the north side, it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, just looking at, at what, what it would cost, um, it, it's, it's more expensive. So we're, just, we're, we're asking for God to pave a way in terms of where we're yeah. going to meet and office space and stuff like that. So Adam, uh, and now I'm going to just speak a little bit to our people, and you can jump in here as well, because you just, uh, you had, with your flyover, you, know, you mentioned we really want you to pray about this. Well, I'll, many of you have already been doing that, and I commend you for that. You're thinking about these things. You're praying about these things. And some of you, some of you have said, we're in. We're just absolutely committed to this. Um, and uh, it, people are asking us, how many, we, one of the questions, how many from Sailorville are already committed to this? And I, the answer is, I don't know. There's a, there is a handful of families that have said, we're absolutely in. Uh, but even you will have to be interviewed. Everybody's going to have to be interviewed, go through that process. And you're taking off on a missions trip here tomorrow. Am I right? 
Yes. For Burma. Yep. Uh, and you won't be back for a couple weeks. Right. So when will this whole, uh, our people who are seriously contemplating this, you're seriously, they're praying about this, they feel the need to sit down and have an interview with you and Nathan and Chuck. Uh, when would the soonest, when would the earliest time be that they could have that interview? Yeah, so first of all, it's not an interview, it's a conference. Okay, thank you. We're not interviewing you, we're conferencing Okay, with you. okay, okay. <laughs> um, and it's not a, it's, some people came in nervous, it's not that at all. It's a, it's, I don't know who, who I would make nervous or who Chuck would make nervous, but, um, so yeah, so it's just, a, it's just a time, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna ask us questions, we're gonna ask you questions, because I assume you're gonna have other questions. Um, but the first time, so if you, if you fill out that form online, you get to the end of it, it says sign up for a, for a conference time. When Wednesday nights and Sunday nights are the times we've allotted uh, for that. So if that absolutely doesn't work with you, you'll have to get in contact with us and we can maybe figure something out. But ideally, we'd stick to the Wednesday night, Sunday night thing. And I believe January 30th is a Wednesday, and that's the first time you could sign up. Um, so, so you can't do this hastily anyways. You, you're going to have to wait to the end of the month. Um, to, to schedule a conference and get the ball rolling anyways. Although there will be a flurry of activity as soon as you get back here between now and then the, when the core group begins to meet. Uh, so um, there's another question that kind of sends us back a little bit to, uh, on your missions. One of the questions is, what's your thoughts on what the new church will do worldwide? I'm not even sure if you can answer that right now, but what would your quick oh, answer be? I'd love be? to answer that. Um, so I, I, I meant it, the, the work, we want to be a mission search. Tomorrow, Chuck and I are leaving on separate planes heading to separate countries. Um, and those were, those were, those were uh, scheduled ahead of time, but they're dual purpose trips. I'm going on behalf of Lakeside, but I'm going to Burma or Myanmar um, to, to look at a possible uh, ministry partnership with somebody who's discipling uh, Burmese pastors uh, in country. So uh, I'm doing that for Lakeside and for the new church because I think it's a promising prospect. And same, same with where Chuck's going in Ecuador. Um, he's going to come back. We're going to compare notes and we're going to talk about what are some of the international ministries that we want to get involved with right away. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's my goal to, I, I don't want to wait. I don't want to take uh, many years to build up our church and then we say, okay, now it's time to do missions. I want to be supporting missionaries and, and, and overseas ministries in a serious way day one. Uh, missions trips, um, mission support, involvement with um, people who are on the ground uh, day one. So mm -hmm. w specifically what it looks like, I don't know, but we're already doing the work to try to get the preliminary um, uh, pass at that. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, I would just say as we kind of wrap this up here tonight that, uh, first of all, let's thank Adam for his presentation. Tremendous presentation. A lot of what you've received tonight are just a ton of facts. And you, if you're like me, the first time you saw this presentation, it's like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, right? Uh, it's no secret to many, but I mean, there are in the northern part of Ankeny, I don't know where that red line is. I think it's north of, of uh, First Street. There's about 200, there's somewhere around 225 adult members of this church, not including their children. And we don't expect all of you to join the, the, uh, the new church plant, but we do expect several of you to do so. And we don't know how many that will be. We know you're taking it seriously. We're asking you to pray about this. We're asking you to search the scripture. Let, let the Lord lead you. Uh, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I can't say your word's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path unless it is. So let it be. 
and uh, spend some time in fasting. That is, take a day or a couple of days or one day a week for the next uh, couple of weeks to think and pray and give your heart to God over this matter to see if he would have you conference <laughs> with Adam and company. And, uh, and then we go beyond that. Because, hey, we need people to, as the Old Testament says, we need people to stay with the stuff, right? The, the, with the, at, at the, at the uh, ground zero, the, um, you know, the mother church, as much as we need people to go. We're excited about what's going to happen. And I've been thinking toward this night for weeks, thinking this, this is going to be, a, this is the game changer night. This is where all kinds of stuff is happening in your hearts and minds right now and others who aren't here tonight. Uh, but do know that the, the staff at, and the leadership at Sailorville is, we are thrilled and excited about what God's going to do uh, through the new church plant coming in 2019. So if I may, I'd like to pray, and we'll close our time, okay? God, thanks so very, very much uh, for uh, this evening and for bringing Adam this way, uh, for all that you've done in his life and Gina's life, his wife, children, the ministry at Lakeside Fellowship, and we pray for them because they're losing, a, uh, they're losing an arm and maybe even a leg in this uh, deal. Uh, and I pray, God, you will greatly bless them for their sacrifice, giving up a couple of pastors. And bless us for uh, giving up Pastor Chuck and Diane and all who will, who you, uh, by your spirit, will lay on the hearts uh, of our people that they need to go. And I pray, Lord, that it'll be just exactly who needs to go. And you'll keep those away uh, from the church plan who don't need to go. Lord, we're looking forward to what you're going to do. We give you the glory. And, uh, and for the furtherance of the gospel, the expansion of your church and your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.